This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S DETOX for $20 off any order of $50 or more with Bitsbox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a parenting podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I speak to one of my longtime friends, Safran, or Saf for short. They are a non-binary individual who I have done theater with, I've worked with, and we've you know, kept in touch over the years, and they've recently moved back to Texas. And so I speak specifically with them about their personal journey through uh, different gender norms in society in their quest to find themselves. I speak a lot about a non-binary education, how you can work with your children and yourself to help make a more diverse and inclusive worldview. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy their perspective. So stick around. Uh, but up first, Brian Salmon has another Ask the Birth Guy. So we'll dig into that. And then my interview is Saffron after this. for Ask the Birth Guy. Hi guys, it's Brian the Birth Guy with Ask the Birth Guy. Check it out. I'm on the Detox Podcast right now answering a question that was sent in by one of our listeners. The question was, how do you know when your baby's getting enough milk when you're breastfeeding? That's a tricky one. This is something that always stumps people because there's no fuel gauge on a baby. So the way that we look at it is in the first 24 hours that that baby is born, we want to see one pee and one poop. But guess what? If mom's feeding that baby and transferring colostrum, we're going to see at least three or four of them. So one really good way to reassure mom and make her feel better about it is to tell her that this baby has got the second poop. I can't believe this is happening within the first 24 hours. A third poop? What? You're killing it. We are feeding this baby. Plus, you have to watch the baby. When they do their feeding cues, they're really hungry. Their hands are up. They're in the rooting position. When they eat and they start getting their one teaspoon is about all they eat in the first couple days with the colostrum phase. And when they, they get that colostrum, their hands drop and they get real loose and kind of milk drunk and they kind of pass out. So that's another good indication that your baby's eating enough. The other thing is they're going to check your baby's blood sugar most likely if you're having a hospital birth and babies have something called brown fat. Brown fat is a special type of fat that is inside the body that is different. We don't have it as adults. We have regular that yellow fat, right? And it stores energy. It's stored energy, basically. I've got quite a bit on my tummy right now. So <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of energy. But these babies have the brown fat. When it breaks down the brown fat, it's incredible what happens helps stabilize the baby and their blood sugar, gets that going, and it, it also helps the colostrum do what it needs to do, which is coat the lining of the gut, 
make sure the baby's safe because the baby's getting all these antigens, antibodies from mom. There's over 200 ingredients in it. It's high fat, it's high protein, and it's everything you want your baby to have. The other thing is people freak out that their milk's not gonna come in because we heard the story, my milk didn't come in. A million times, people still say it. Not a true story. If you're a mammal and you latch your baby and you feed your baby 10 to 12 times a day, your milk will come in. This is how we're programmed. And the reason the milk doesn't come in, this is a fascinating thing, is because there are hormones in our bodies that that when we have a placenta in our body and mom's going to get rid of that placenta after the baby, the placenta keeps high levels of progesterone in the body. When that high level of progesterone is going and hormones work in a lock and key fashion, they're hogging up all that those those locks. So what happens is you start getting prolactin as the baby starts feeding more and the baby touches mom's breast, causes the pituitary gland to give a signal to make more prolactin. This is awesome, you guys, because what happens is inversely proportionally, the prolactin goes up and the progesterone goes down. And next thing you know, mom wakes up, her boobs are rock hard and she's got milk. And this usually takes about a week. It's three to five days, but I always say about a week. Let's blur it a little bit. Let's use our Jedi mind tricks. And let's be good, loving, supportive partners. You guys, I'm going to give it back to Joe Shaw in the Detox Podcast. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is a good long-term friend of mine, <laughs> Safran, or Saf for short. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> I am so excited that you're stopping by. Me uh, too. <laughs> uh, first things first, before we get any further, what are your preferred pronouns? Uh, I'm a they, them. Yeah. Very nice. Mine are he, his, and him. Uh, and for those that may be super confused as to what I just did, <laughs> do you mind explaining that for the uninitiated or uneducated? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, kind of independently of any other labels that exist, uh, I think that people have uh, a way that they would like to deal with language. Uh, that just kind of depends on them. And uh, yeah, mine are they, them, because I identify as uh, non-binary, but it's also uh, kind of... Additionally and or separately from that, because um, that's how I've just chosen to deal with the English language, sure. you know, and the, uh, I, I didn't feel quite as comfortable being he, don't sure. feel quite as comfortable being she, um, you know, so they kind of just hit a sweet spot for me. Right. Yeah. The best part about uh, being in Texas is we have this great word called y'all, and yeah, it really, it really it. is all-encompassing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so nice to just be like, I love y'all. Like, yeah. I love y'all. Yeah. But- <laughs> I, I, I use y'all all the time. I mean, I just moved back uh, from living in New York for five years and then traveling for a year, but all throughout that time, I always said y'all, even yeah. if I was... You know, met with uh, you know an odd an odd look or whatever. I was, all, but I always said y'all. It was yeah. cause just because it's great. It's like it's totally genderless. You right. know, we're not even talking you know gender neutral. Right. Uh, it's just totally genderless. Right. It can be plural, singular. It can be uh, so many things. So, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's a very inclusive contraction. I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's so many different ways that I want to take the conversation, and I'm I'm really passionate about the the aspect of education, right? So mm-hmm. I know that so many so many people that listen and then our parents and myself included. And so what we're trying to uh, make sure we do here in 2019 and beyond is make sure that we are teaching our children a diverse and inclusive world mm-hmm. and 
giving them the tools with which they can be authentically themselves, they can interact with people who are authentically themselves, and they can really feel no pressure to present one way or another, but be wholly themselves and just really just get down to whatever they want to do or whatever yeah. means that they're going to improve the world and better it. And, Amen. And, and, <laughs> and so I want to kind of talk a lot about your perspective. So I would imagine that now, uh, you know, talking to people as someone who is non-binary and, mm. and I imagine there's a lot of education that comes along with that totally. as being, as being someone who is, you know, out and proud as a, as a non-binary person. Yep. So what are some of the conversations you've had <clears throat> or opportunities for education or, or maybe redirection in some of the cases? And, and because I know that there's a lot of people that are listening that are very eager to want to make sure they get it right. And so I want to use this as a conversation to allow people, uh, the space with which like, I will ask the clunky questions and, yeah. and kind of get it out of the way. But, um, but yeah, so what, what are kind of some of those education opportunities and, and what are those, uh, interactions been like and also well, I want to pivot from there and talk about how your parents have have uh, responded to that as well yeah um it's a lot so take it's a lot yeah no I think that the uh I think that the the starting point for me was um so I guess uh to kind of explain myself and, sure. to, and to explain how I uh landed on uh this really abstract word called yeah. non-binary which you know it kind of by nature uh it like it's it's so it, it non-binary isn't just uh, a kind of like ignoring of the binary but is a kind of admission that my existence uh as it pertains to my gender is abstract and and uh not only fluid, but just totally like almost gaseous, sure. you know, it's, right, it, right, right, right. and it doesn't exist in any sort of vacuum or anything like that. Um, and the way that I sort of landed at that was there was this, um, there was this very real and very, um, imminent like dissonance in my life, um, for a really long time. And it, it, uh, I became particularly conscious of it when I lived in New York, but looking back, I, uh, it was always there and, um, it was sort of this thing that was keeping me from having, um, the fullest of interactions with people socially. Um, and so I sort of like through note, you know, everything starts with noticing. I think sure. that like, like healing starts with noticing, you know, um, and you know, figuring yourself out starts with like noticing small things. And, um, yeah, so I noticed this dissonance and then I started to, just I don't know like investigate I think that uh, I think that we're all investigative by nature I'm also right. like a highly creative person and right. um, I think that that definitely helped me to get there uh, maybe not faster by comparison to others but faster than if I myself was not as creative sure. as I am you sure. know um, so I don't know it took a it took a lot of time and that time uh, I'm glad that I did that work but that work was really uh, grueling like yeah. that was like my like yoke for a long time um um and I don't know I mean the work itself is abstract so it's hard to kind of say what that even was sure. but there was a lot of searching and there was a lot of like you know th thank god I had my friends who were like very supportive through through all stages of that um but 
basically like through my friends, I was able to kind of experiment with, um, with pronouns, um, and language is such an important part of like how we live our daily lives. Right. Obviously like that's sort of like, I don't feel like I have to explain that. We all know that that's super important being able to communicate verbally. Um, so I was able to, um, try different modes of communications with my friends. Um, and, Eventually, whenever I whenever I got to kind of like a middle point and I decided like my identity has definitively changed um, from what it used to be or I've arrived at this other place that is is definitively different than uh, where I used to be. Um, I had my friends uh, when I turned 27, which was like my golden birthday. It was like 27 on the 27th. This seems like a big deal. You it, know, I mean, it like, is a really big deal. Yeah. I was 11 when I hit mine and I was not aware of it. Yeah, and so well, I can't. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. My wife uh, hit hers at five. So I feel yeah, a little bit better. Some people about don't get to enjoy theirs, but I, I feel like I got really lucky. It really, it lined up for me in a way that I was sort of discovering this new identity as I turned 27 on the 27th and uh also sort of like if you're an astrological person or if you just like look upwards towards the heavens at all um it was around the time that my saturn was returning as well so a lot of things were lining up and what i did was i uh had a circle of my closest friends um come together for like a couple of weeks leading up to my birthday and actually they took a little bit longer which i'm grateful for (laughs) um and they came up with uh another a new name sort of like a re um, a relabeling yeah, sure. of, of, uh, of both me, my abstract identity and me, my very real life body. You sure. Know? Right. So, um, and that felt really important and it also kind of led me on a f- much faster track to just real, to understanding my identity as it pertains specifically to my gender. Right. Um, and then that eventually led to being like, uh, you know, I don't think that I align with, uh, the way that we define uh, gender in a binary. And I think that I not only lie somewhere in the middle, I also lie on both sides of the, expect- of the, of the spectrum in various ways. Um, and that um, landing on the spectrum is not, uh, I'm not landing in a fixed point at any given time. So I've, there are um, ways, societally speaking, that I feel like I'm very masculine. Um, sure. You know, like yeah. I... Uh, I love camping and I love building things and I love like, uh, like physical labor. Sure. Uh, but then I'm also very delicate and I'm an artist and I love, uh, flowers and, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a, so, you know, societally, uh, I guess those were the kind of the first indicators that something was amiss, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. I was like, there's too much of this, uh, that I'm being, uh, too much of this that I'm being told doesn't really apply to me or right. it applies too much. And really there's sure. like, there's like this overflow of gender markers where I'm just like, I'm kind of all over the map. What do I do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's so, what's so great. And you know, I, for, for, for listeners that have been around for a while, a good friend of mine, Nick North, who's a trans man who birthed four of his five children was on and he was talking about the fact that he knew from a very young age, he was like, this doesn't quite line up with what yeah. I f- know to be true for my authentic self. Right. Yeah. And uh, he didn't have a word for it because there wasn't a word that he knew at the time. And, right. and, and his grandma told him like, I, I support you, but I have there. What I know is what you know. And there's not, totally. there's nothing there is there. Right. But, but now, you know, he got older, he realized like, no, this is, this is the word. I am a trans man. This is yeah. what it means for me. Yeah, yeah. And for you, it's like now there is this word non-binary. This is encompassing of what I know to be true for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it I, hits the closest. Right. Yeah. And I think so what we're what we're discovering as a society, like the collective we, right, is we're learning that 
just because, how do I want to frame this? I want to be very careful how I frame it is I hear a lot of times people are like, well, there were no non-binary people in my day. There, there were no, no trans people in my day. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, right. right. Well, we're learning these words yeah. and we're giving, we're naming it and claiming it, so to speak. Right. right? And totally. so, and so it's like, yeah, I think there, there statistically were people, yeah. but they didn't know what to, what to call, what to call what they felt and to, right. to name it. And so maybe they lived unfulfilled lives as a result of that. And, right. and that's sad to think about, but what, what is nice to think about is the fact that we now know this and we can pass this on. So our children and their children's children have a, a full spectrum to be, you know, maybe I'm non-binary, maybe I'm trans, maybe I'm, you know, gay, lesbian, or anywhere on the spectrum. Right. And I think what we're really learning is that identity specifically is such a wide spectrum right. and, and it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of people. And, and we're slowly, ever so slowly, but getting to the point where we're no longer caring what someone's identity is, we're more concerned with what we should have always been concerned with, which is who are they? How do they add value to my life? How do they add value to the yeah. world kind of a thing? And just generally, you know? like, how are they doing? Yes, you know, too? exactly. Like, it's like, uh, you know, the same way that you care about your friends and their well-being. It's just exactly. sort of like, yeah. Um, and I think going back to what you said about uh, the people back in the day. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, we sort of get like liberty grows exponentially and like the way that you're allowed to be free uh, grows uh, more and more rapidly with time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and so does language and so do so many other things. So it's like, you have all of these things that are um, sort of taking up so much more space uh, than they used to. So it, it, I, you know, in some ways I understand it's like, Oh, there were no binary people back in the day. And I'm like, right. well, yeah, like you didn't, uh, gender is so dependent on language that right. it's almost as if there weren't, you know what I mean? Right. But yes, it's, yes, um, yes, yes. you know, because gen th this whole idea of gender is, um, I, I love, I forget who said this. It's one of the people who created Broad City. I was, oh. I was listening to such a great show. Yeah. I was listening to some other podcast and, uh, she said, uh, she said gender is drag. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely it. Gender is just drag. Um, because you sort of like you, um, gender is sort of like this road where you go as far as you need to, and then you stop and then you right. keep going when you feel like you need to go again. So it's like, you're just sort of deciding like, this is where I'm at right now. And this is, and wherever that is, is sort of just, it depends on if language has caught up to you. Yes. And, um, so, you know, in, in that way, I feel, uh, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, I feel like I'm ahead. I just feel like I went a little farther on my journey right. with gender specifically. There are yeah. a lot of journeys I haven't gone that far yeah. with, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, um, I don't, it could probably be a lot better at managing my finances <laughs> or, um, I don't know. There's, just, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but, you know, I went really, really far down this road. And thankfully, there are words um, within our language that um, I can use to make sense of where I'm at right. in in relation to others around me. Um, yeah. And it can be really frustrating <laughs> to, to kind of like be extended uh, out farther than uh, the group. Right. You know, um, and maybe not even not. not not necessarily to say farther as in farther ahead, but just farther out, you yep. know, farther out from the nucleus. Right. Um, it can feel definitely a little uh, lonely. It's a little frustrating. It's, um, it's just, it's just, 
I would say that it's probably among the most challenging things that I'm dealing with in my life. And sure. we all deal with challenging things yeah. in our lives. And this is just mine. Right. You know, what has been your parents' reaction to you? Yeah. Well, or it's to, that was a little bit harsher than I meant to. <laughs> I guess what I want to say is <laughs> since you were rechristened as, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the exact right way to say yeah. it, but as Saffron, uh -huh. you know, how was that conversation? That's, that's, that's yeah. what I want to Well, ask it's actually really funny because as public as I am about having changed my name and about having, um, uh, sort of identified as non-binary pretty solidly for now. Um, yeah, I haven't really had that conversation with my parents because I don't, um, in some ways I feel like, uh, it is highly, uh, due just be to the fact that like, I haven't had, um, I haven't had a not close relationship with my parents, right. but we haven't been, there were so many struggles, uh, growing up that we didn't get a chance to develop this sort of like, um, this rapport with each other where we like check in and let each other know where we gotcha. how we are yep. in our emotional spheres and our like, you know, in these sort of more amorphous parts of our lives. Right you know, we sort of get fixated, um, on, you know, are you okay financially? Are you eating enough? You know, right. that, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. It's like, and the I'm, basic it, need stuff. Yeah. yeah, basic need stuff. And like, that's our relationship is really great. And I feel really grateful, uh, for the relationship that we have, but it just is such that I almost feel like we just haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. And that the, that, you know, the, it's not so much an issue of like, do I want to come out to my parents? Of course I want to come out to my parents. And I don't feel like I have anything really like uh, to hold as a secret. Like this isn't, to me, being non-binary is neither interesting nor controversial. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's just, it's just sort of who I am. And right. I, and I, um, I don't feel like it's a big enough deal for me to feel really nervous about having that conversation. It's yep. just like they, they, my parents um, are we're just too com we're too complicated sure you know and yep. I d I d we're just uh we're not on any kind of linear path yeah. and i feel like i'm leaving it up to when there's a moment to say what i need to say then i'll say it gotcha yeah well if they're mm -hmm. listening right now they've heard it <laughs> yeah yeah totally and i mean i think i mean they know like uh, like my mom and my stepfather have received mail for me under my uh new name and um so they've seen it and yeah. I've sort of half explained like what it means a little right. bit, but you know, those times felt so, so rushed that we didn't really get into it. You gotcha. know what I mean? And yeah, it, was yeah, just, yeah. it was just like, Oh yeah, that mail is for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it's a weird, it's this weird thing that I feel like I'm having to balance and I do feel like it's getting closer to that time to have that talk with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like they would be pretty supportive. I mean, yeah. when I, when I came out as gay, I was 15 and, um, my, well, my dad and my stepmother were like, we figured. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Which is maybe not, you know, for the parents out there, that's not the thing to say. Like, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't make me feel good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was fine. Like, we laughed about it and I, you know, I can take a joke, but um, it will, yeah, that was a funny thing right, that, that happened right. to me. And, um, and, but they were super supportive is really yeah. the point. And uh, there was no... I didn't have to explain myself. Right. There weren't a lot of questions. There was just like, okay, well, this is who you are now right. and we'll adjust and we'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And um, 
the only resistance I was really met with was my, my dad was like, well, what are you going to, are you never going to have kids? And I was like, 15 year old me looking at right. my dad, like, are you really asking me this question? <laughs> at, <laughs> like, 15. <laughs> at 15, like, right. I don't even know, like, uh, first of all, if I even want to have kids, yeah, if I want to have kids, I, I'm like, good God, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> it's like, think about when I was 15, I'm like, if anybody had asked me that I would have been like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with my own life. Totally. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know, like who knows if they'll even have a partner for the rest of their lives right. you know, to have a kid with. And exactly. like, uh, not that you have to have a partner to have a kid, but right, I was just but like, there's so many there's more questions so that go, more. go yes. along with that. That Absolutely. I'm like, why would you, <laughs> right. <laughs> but if that was the only weird thing, um, you know, I, th- I think that my dad was just concerned. He, he, he was adopted and he oh, is really okay. concerned with like a, this idea of a growing family. And like, I feel for him, but you know, it is essentially my life. And if he, right. wants, if he wants to foster some kids, he's very young and healthy. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he can right. grow his family in other ways. Right. Um, Absolutely. And our family has grown in these sort of like non-conventional ways, which yeah. is sort of just like, um, it almost sort of feels like uh, my family is so unconventional in the way that it's grown because my my father was adopted and my mother was sort of adopted as well within her own family. And there was a lot of like weird issues with like, you know, we don't know who my grandfather is. Um, we think that maybe he's a drummer from Tijuana, which is like a cool narrative that I like to hold right, on to. Right, right. Um, and then her mother is like largely involved in drugs and like there's a lot of our families in prison, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is crazy to think about. Like, um like me being who I am having family yeah. in prison is right. like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it can anyone. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, so we ha- already have this like weird beginning to a family, right? right? My mother and my father. And then they got divorced when I was a baby. And then, uh, m- you know, my mom went through a few different marriages and then my father uh, married someone who was terrible <laughs> and just like <laughs> held on to making it work for so long, which yeah. is sort of why, uh, which is sort of why we're not, you right. know, where, to, where to we're, you report, know, yeah. where I would hope that we would be, um, at this time. Um, but yeah, so, you know, our family is growing in other ways. Like my dad yeah. has now a very happy marriage with an amazing woman and, uh, I have two new stepbrothers and they both have interesting lives and are very different people. And, um, yeah, so like I, I know that's sort of like a like a departure from no, what we were no, talking it was about. Good. But yeah, that's where, I'm here that's, for it. That's where my family's at. <laughs> so have you? I want to. I want to make sure I frame this properly. Mm-hmm. Have you? Mm, <laughs> thinking out loud. This is my thinking out loud. Hum. Yeah, you're allowed to work through a thought too. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Validation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Have you interacted with other non-binary folk? Mm-hmm. And if so, <clears throat> has the interaction have the interactions been largely positive, largely negative, a mixed bag? People are people, mm-hmm. any and yeah. all. Yeah, honestly, um, it's funny because I actually work at a place with a lot of non-binary people. Okay. And, and actually... Um, Uh, I guess there's no harm in saying where I work work at Spiral Diner, which is a vegan diner in Fort Worth. um, And they have amazing nachos. Just they have amazing nachos, but they also have amazing company policies. So they they really um, are adamant about respecting people's pronouns and not gendering the client. And I think that them having those policies has um, created kind of this space where a lot of queer people have frolicked (laughs) uh, to, to sort of like joyfully work together. And um, it's pretty, um, 
it's pretty amazing. So yes, I've met um, a lot of non-binary folks throughout um, the years, um, whether I've known it or not. But uh, more specifically now, I'm around a lot of non-binary people um, where I work. And it's sort of this thing uh, where you <laughs> you see it's like this thing where you see a fellow non-binary person across the room and you just sort of know mm -hmm. that you're on the same level in this way yeah. and um it's this it's this like unspeakable kind of i call it like this chemical thing sure. you know that happens because sure. i can't explain if i can't explain it it must be either spiritual or chemical right. or both <laughs> um and there's this automatic connection and then you speak to each other and then you know non-binary folks are typically the people who um are less afraid to upon meeting someone be like hey my name is so and so what are your pronouns um and it's sort of this immediate casual thing and it mm -hmm. doesn't um it feels really comfortable it feels like where are you right. from you right. know it, feel, yeah, it feels yeah, like yeah. When it, and it, that's sort of how it should be and that's you know uh for people listening it's like that's we want it to be like that and yeah. it should feel like like a, a reasonable thing to say uh when you're shaking hands or um or however you're, you know, yeah. gre greeting each other. Right. Um, but anyways, so uh, it's always super comfortable. And then, you know, a couple of days pass and suddenly it's like you've known each other forever because you, you know, it's like, um, I would, I would wager to say that um, cis people experience this a lot. Like uh, cis people can walk into a room, uh, which is going to be statistically filled with majorly other cis people, right. um, which is not a complaint. It's just facts. Right. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, and probably feel some sort of kinship right away with the people around them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's, I know uh, what you mean. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then that's a part of like what we talk about as like, as like cis privilege, you know, right. and it's not that that's a bad thing. It's just a thing that you enjoy and you sure. should enjoy it. Right. Um, you know, you should enjoy all your privileges to the um, ultimate extent that you can without uh, hurting other people. Right. Without uh, infringing on someone else. Exactly. Privilege. Totally. Um, so yeah. So I, I want to say that again, privilege <laughs> is something that you should enjoy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, you know, we don't we don't get that same uh, that same privilege all sure. the time uh, or, or often at all. And whenever whenever you finally get that, it's such a sigh of relief that it creates this like instantaneous bond. Yeah. Um, and even if the person, you know, um, that I'm speaking to, uh, like an unbinary person, uh, even if they have like totally different ideals than me, if our life has been totally different, there's at least... Um, there's at least this like one very major thing that lies out the f lies at the foundation of who we are, literally our identities, um, that allows us to um, create a meaningful relationship, right? Instantaneously, yeah. Um, and that's great. It comes as such a relief. And I think you you really hit it on on the head a second ago when you were talking about how <clears throat> it's just something you kind of chemically can understand and, yeah. and recognize someone else who is non-binary, yeah. right? And and you talked about you know people recognizing and understanding the privilege. And I think that's so true in that you've got, um, how do I want to say this is like, you've got, um, I think there are so many times where I take for granted that I can walk into a room, mm -hmm. walk up to another cisgendered man yeah. and just like chat about literally anything. Yeah. And then I feel after five minutes, like I've known them forever. Yeah. And you you've know? made a friend and you right. could, yeah, you could very well take that and you that do, instance and create right. a whole relationship. Right. Yeah. And I, and I and think you can do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think, and I think it's, it's, it is something that we take for granted us 
totally. collective we being yeah. cis, cisgender people or just cis people in general. Yeah. And that's really the only right. thing wrong with it, right? Is right. taking it for granted. Right. Yeah. And so I think you highlighting the the almost relief or excitement to where you're able to do that is mm. so key because it, yeah. it highlights a fact that we do take for granted, for sure. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. And so, it's something that yeah. could really be healing too is, take, is, is appreciating that you can walk into a space and create relationships like that. I think yeah. that could be, um, you know, kind of like the missing link of like what will even help queer people socially. It's just like if we can, if we can all admit that, you know, um, that we enjoy certain privileges. I mean, I, I even as a non-binary person, I enjoy, you know, the privileges of being white or the privileges of being, you know, this or that or whatever. Right. And I think that, um, in, in the process of just being like, I love that I get to be able to do that. I'm actually very appreciative of that. Then we start to heal the social, um, sphere yeah. kind of like universally. We start to, um, indulge in conscious ways. And, uh, I, I just think that I don't really have the words to, to, to like connect those two things sure. between like, between like how in, uh, conscious social interactions, uh, heal us as a society. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> cause I'm not a uh, sociologist, but, right. um, I just, I just can't help but think that that, that would be like one, one of, if not the key way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As we start to wrap up one, one last question I want to ask you, yeah. <clears throat> I think there are a lot of people that are listening that want to make sure that they get it right, which I've touched on before, sure. but I know as far as some advice you would give parents. Uh, I'll give you a specific example, mm -hmm. right? So <clears throat> my daughter is four and a half right now and mm -hmm. she's fascinated with like people in the world. Right. And yeah. I mean, we see neighbors, she's like, hi neighbor, like waving <laughs> and, and yelling across the street or whatever. That. And, uh, but she's constantly interested. Like she, she's gotten to a point where now she won't say it out loud. Thank goodness. She'll just like whisper it and ask me, but she'll say like, is that a boy or a girl? Oh yeah. And I always respond like, that ah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a person. Yeah, like, and if yeah, I know them, yeah. then I say their name. Or if I don't know them, right. you know, I'll just be like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I'll, yeah. or I'll ask them. I'll, I'll ask her. I'll say like, when do you think it matters? And it's usually like, for her, uh, in her four and a half year old way, what she's approximately trying to say is, I need some way to understand what I'm, what I'm. Yeah, encountering. I need to be able to place them in my universe, right? Which is, you know, her brain, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, what would be some advice you would give specifically me, but also the listeners at large yeah. for? their children who may be approaching a similar situation. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that the way that you handle it is great. And I think that, um, you know, probably, uh, the people that spark those questions in children know what they look like, you yeah. know, and then yeah, and yeah. Know, know how they present to the world and sure. maybe doing it consciously and maybe not, but, pro but most more likely than not, they probably know. So, um, if it ever happens, I would say like in proximity, in, in like, you know, uh, audible proximity to that person, um, some acknowledgement to the person I think is due, mm -hmm. <laughs> you right. know, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like, it's a funny thing. And yeah. like, it could be a funny thing if you would just be like, oh, uh, you know, my, my daughter didn't. You right. know, just wants to recognize you. Sorry yeah. about that. Like yeah. it's casual. You know, maybe sure. it merits a sorry, but it doesn't merit like a oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, right. Uh, you know, ma'am, sir. Oh, you know that right. whole yeah, stammering yeah, yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. people do. Uh, right. Don't do that. That's my. <laughs> that's a key piece of advice. Don't do the ma'am, sir thing. Um, <laughs> I guess the main thing too is just like get. This is a really hard thing to do, and I think it's worth acknowledging that sure. it's difficult. Um, 
get comfortable as comfortable as you can working within your own set of beliefs that uh, with the idea that you can use um, the pronoun they for people that you don't know, even if they seem to present as a man, as a woman, definitively one or the other. Um, and I think that if you can get yourself at least a little bit more acclimated to that pattern of speech, then your kids, especially as young as, young as yours are, will pick up on it, mm -hmm. you know, immediately. Um, and that can be really beautiful because then um, you're sort of inviting, um, you're inviting rather than enforcing uh, something on your child that could help them to think of people as more than their gender. Mm -hmm. um, because instantly, you know, like your daughter's trying to place people in her universe and um, you know, somehow, some way there's gotta be, uh, there's gotta be an avenue other than gender. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like there's got, there's, a, there's gotta be some sort of key thing for children to grab onto. Right. Um, and like ch children are the most creative among us. Right. I mean, it's like scientifically proven, yep. uh, over and over again. So it's like, if we can just if we can just show children that gender is not the first thing that you have to notice about someone, right. then uh, your child will create the way you yeah. know, to the new thing for yeah. sure. And then we yeah. can just follow the kids, which right. is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, it's the same thing that, um, that I feel like the millennial generation did mm -hmm. with gender. It's like, Oh, we're going to make, we're going to make these new words and right. we're going to use them to uh, walk through the world. Uh, and not just socially, but also professionally and, right. and you know, uh, et cetera. Um, you know, and then if, if we can just, if we can just free up this space a little bit, uh, then the kid, the kids will lead us, um, yeah. you know, and I don't think that this will ever come up for me. I don't think that I'll be a parent specifically, not of small children. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think, like even as a non-parent, even as a non-prospective parent, like that really seems like it makes sense yeah. to me as a person who has walked, you know, in my non-binary shoes. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right. I love it. Yeah. So, so great. Well, Saf, thank you so much for this. This has been awesome. We need yes, a hashtag for this episode. Should we go with hashtag gender is drag? <laughs> I love that. Right. I do. I, I do. And I'll, I'll send a DM to the person. Uh, I'll have to f remember her name, but I'll be like, hey, I stole your words. Right. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, uh, listeners, I got another great episode coming out next week. But uh, until next time, hashtag gender is drag drag and hashtag be a better dad yes if you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com that's d-t-a-l-k-s podcast at gmail.com you can also reach out via facebook twitter or instagram at detox podcast or visit detoxpodcast.com also be sure to leave us a five-star rating on itunes if you like the show it only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out link is in the show notes finally Thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.